Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry. Once again, I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott. Uh, Scott joins me, of course, on the eve of the historic Trophy Day at Ibrox tomorrow, where Rangers will be presented with a, a Scottish League title for the first time in 10 years. Scott, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Gav? Good. I mean, first of all, just saying that, you know, that they'll be presented, Rangers will be presented with a trophy for the first time in 10 years. It's hard to believe for a start, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing when you think back to that game at Rugby Park 10 years ago. And I remember watching it, remember it well. It doesn't seem like a decade ago, but I mean, I was just thinking about it. If you asked any of those players or any of the supporters, um, no, this will be the last time or you'll, you'll no lift this title again for another 10 years. I mean, people just wouldn't have, wouldn't have believed you. So, so much has happened in that time. It's incredible to think back. I know, because I even think like during lockdown, I mean, probably you were the same in WhatsApp groups and all that when people were sitting. There was so much time for reflecting, you know, people having clear outs. There was old photos and, you know, and it was a period where people thought, God, where has the time gone? And I find that this week, you know, when you read, you know, and people think back, and just as you mentioned there, you know, Rugby Park, you know, 5-1, and that's when you start thinking, it makes you think of events like that, and thank God, you know, what's happened since then, you know, and you just think what the club has has been through, as you see, none of the players could have predicted, but then you would never have known what was around the corner, the hell the club would have gone through with Craig White and the succession of charlatans that followed them. There's just been so much on and off the field. Well, I mean, me, me and you both were working at the Daily Record you know, for most of that time. And you're right, a lot of it was, was surreal. Some of the stories you had to work on, some of the research you had to do. <laughs> I remember like, trying to phone America and all that for these prospective buyers that were coming in and billing and people. I mean, I know. I mean, it was totally surreal at times. Some of the days in that office um, when Rangers were going through that that turmoil, I mean, it did seem then as if, you know, is this club ever going to get back to normality again? I mean, you did you did doubt it because it was so low, uh, it was so out of sync you know, yeah. to what, what we'd been used to. Um, obviously, like, like growing up with, with Rangers and Celtic, you know, fighting out for titles and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you just never thought it would get to that stage. And when you were in the midst of it, as I say, it was very, very surreal. It was difficult to see how Rangers were ever going to get out of it. But in that time, they have managed it. And you know, did a couple of interviews this week where you're looking back to, you know, players were looking back to being in the third division. And you know, that first day at 
well, first league day at Peterhead, certainly the 2-2 two, two draw. I mean, even from then, you know, a league title just seems so far away. So for you know, for us to be sitting here now, uh, you know, 24 hours before Rangers lift that trophy at Ibrox, albeit with, with no fans, obviously, which is disappointing, but to think that uh, James Tavernier is going to go and lift that and everything that comes with it, the celebrations, the pictures, Stephen Gerrard, it's... It's been an incredible turnaround. Well, and just when you mentioned him, sorry to go back to that one, God, that was one I forgot. I remember tracking a number down for him in Singapore and phoning him when he answered the phone and I spoke to him and he pretended not to be billing. I went back to the journalist that gave me the, the number and I said to him, I said, he, he claims not to be billing. He said, no, it definitely is and it was him. <laughs> and he was just one of the many. And then there was a trucker in America, wasn't there? Or was it the I, guy with the tr- truck and comes I remember speaking to him as well, yeah. Uh, I did, I. Uh, various others. I mean, remember guys like Craig Mather, who you, you forget about, who came in as, who came in as chief exec. I mean, you could get right through the, you could get right through the list of them. It was some time. But the thing is, I remember actually you coming back to the office one day, having, it was during Alan McCoy's time as manager, and you'd be at a press conference, a pre-match press conference. I remember you talking about it. And something had happened, it was during the kind of row, it was a kind of Charles Green period, and I can't remember what it was, you know, Stockbridge or something had happened that was in the front page, and Alan McCoy said obviously I had to field these questions continually and deal with all this that was going on, and, and I remember you saying, he basically just said there were standards at this club, and you looked around, I think you were in the blue room in the press conference for some reason, and just he just said, look around, you know, the, the, kind of, the paintings on the wall of the Blue Room, you know, your Bill Struth and, and all these people. And he just said, it's about the standards, the standards yeah. that this club have have slipped, you know, because they were on the front page for all the wrong, the wrong reasons. And it was just about getting those standards back. You know, yeah. and, and that's what Stephen Gerrard, I don't know, do you remember that press conference? That, that sticks out. I don't, I don't really. I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember Alan McCoyst, um you know, making a big deal of the, of the kind of standards, and that did kind of sum it up because you know they had dropped so rapidly uh, around that time, and obviously you felt for him being you know, a legend at the club and having to deal with all that at that at that particular time. But I think you're right. You no, know, fast forwarding to Stephen Gerrard, I think that is what he's brought. I mean, I, listen, I think. No, listen. There's been other guys here, you know, guys like Mark Warburton and that. I mean, I think they did, you know, part of the part of the job. There were certain positive aspects of mm. of his time, but I think when you, you know the bottom line is that that is what Gerrard's brought. I mean, I've I, I wrote a piece yesterday, just kind of looking back at, at Stephen Gerrard's time and what he's brought. And the one thing I, I picked out, and it's difficult, you no, know, to pinpoint one thing, but I think it's mentality. And the mentality, and that ties in with what you're saying about standards. I think it's that, um, no, it, it's getting to that high standard and then and then staying there and, and making it. No, Gerard spoke himself about this no excuse mantra for players. No, that was a big thing for him when he came in. No, yeah. Putting everything in place. You've said it on here before, no, stuff in the training ground, stuff at the stadium. No, making sure these players had no excuse whatsoever not to not to perform, and I think by doing that, by laying the foundations, that's allowed the team to reach the you no know, to hit the heights that they have this season. Um, 
But I, th- I think you're right. I mean, Gerard is the one. If you're talking about standards, as much as others have played their part, he he's the guy that's really that's really raised the bar and took Rangers back to where they should be. Yeah, I mean, and I was listening. To, I was listening to his press conference this morning. I mean, he he's you know building up to this big day tomorrow because obviously it's huge, and it's huge for him even for everything he has achieved in his career. I mean, he was talking about. You know, a lot of people from the outside would have said he's not the right man for the job. You know, it's too big yeah. for him, you know, at his age. So, I mean, it's huge for him, obviously, tomorrow getting his hands in that trophy. But also, you know, it's huge for the Rangers fans because, as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's such a shame that they just they won't be able to get in. And which yeah. is such a big day after, you know, waiting so long. So it's a balancing act because, obviously, you've got these restrictions in place. And, you know, he's he's telling everybody, you know, enjoy it because fans will enjoy it. They're going to enjoy it, you know, but it's a it's, it's a balance into the restrictions. Do you have sympathy, obviously, with fans that want to go out and, you know, line the streets and they feel they can And then, you know, some inevitably will. But it's just such a strange situation the whole day. Yeah, as, as a difficult balance, as you say, I mean, and I think, I think fans will celebrate no, the way they want to, you just hope it doesn't. No, it doesn't go over the top, and it's mm-hmm. relatively sensible given the you no know, the restrictions that are still in place. Um, but I mean, I hope the club. I mean, there will be celebrations tomorrow, obviously, but you'd like to think the club will have put plans and eh, plans in place for when fans are allowed back into the stadium, and almost like a kind of you know, like a kind of delayed type yeah. of celebration day. If you like, I don't know whether that. You know, could come in the form of you know, a friendly before the season starts, or just whenever, you know, whenever fans get back into the stadium, yeah. it'd be nice to see them have something where they can really, really celebrate it together properly. Because yeah. we've touched on the ten years and what the club has gone through, but you think of it, you know, every fan out there, there'll be things have happened in their own lives in those ten years. You know, people that they went to the games with every week that might, you know, be no longer with us, or it, I mean, and there'll be so much that people will take time out tomorrow. It'll be an emotional occasion, you know. Yeah, for yeah, I think this is for the fans. I mean, you know, we can talk all day, but what it means to Stephen Gerrard, and, and and of course, it means a lot. You know, it's his yeah. first, first title as a you know, as a professional. He didn't do it as a player, so you know, to to do it as a manager will, will mean so much to him, especially after the kind of three year three years worth of graft that he's put in and no, there's been a few bumps along the way so of course it'll mean a lot but make no mistake I mean that this title if ever a title was for, for supporters then then this is it for the, yeah. for the Rangers fans given what they've they've been through you're right I mean when we think back to those days we're talking about in the office I mean you would speak to fans no, family and friends and that who no, you're right. It affected people's lives. No, they were so down and so dejected, and they couldn't see a way out. No, they were they were so sickened by by what was happening to their to their club, and they felt powerless to to go and try and affect it. Up until basically Dave King and, and Paul Murray and John Gilligan got, got a grip of it. So yeah. this, this is definitely for them. And obviously they were powerless, but I mean, there were fans at the time that, you know, they rallied troops, you know, to try and, you know, oust the kind of, the, the, the other guys, you know, the, the board at the time, the, the various ones, you know, there were so many that got together. Well, 100%. I mean, no, the, we were dealing with most of them, though, some yeah. of these fans groups and guys that were at least, that, that were yeah. trying to do, do something, though, I think you remember the, 
was there a march as well that Sandy Jardin led you know, all the yeah. way to yeah, and yeah, yeah. fighting for their, their league status and stuff. So, no, that this is for all all these guys that basically kind of never, no, never gave up and did see yeah. or could see light at the end of the tunnel. And I know it's listen, you'll always fans will always stick by their team. That that's part of being a supporter. No, through yeah. thick and thin, and no, you probably get fans of other clubs who have been through. No similar circumstances, maybe even worse. But no, we're talking about Rangers. Rangers, a massive club, an institution. It should never have been allowed to happen. Uh, and no, these fans were hurting at that time uh, just as much as as any other club that's gone through got through something similar. Yeah, and to be fair to Stephen Gerrard in his press conference this morning, he, he really did point that out because he, he, and he, to be fair, he even mentioned you know especially this season. Because fans have paid money in season tickets, and he mentioned that you know they've bought season tickets and they've not been able to get in. They bought them in record numbers, and you know the shop sales. He mentioned like membership schemes, so he obviously knows the financial outlay for things like my jars and all that. So he he he's clearly very much aware of that. It wasn't just you know it wasn't just platitudes. He was actually you could tell he'd done his homework and saying. This is what has to be said. Gerard was brought up in you know, working class values and a, a housing estate in, in Liverpool. I mean, he that, that's just another reason why he's been, in many ways, the ideal manager for, for Rangers. Um, I mean, I, I said in that, that, that piece that I wrote, I mean, or you said Gerard was, you know, said people were doubting him. They were doubting him when he got appointed, I think. You know, we did a podcast at that time, and as much as we certainly didn't, didn't write him off, but no, we were maybe slightly sceptical just again about that lack of experience and how it was a gamble. And But, I mean, hindsight's obviously a wonderful thing, but when you look back now, he's exactly the type of character Rangers needed. I mean, you know, as I've said before, what what that Rangers team required at that time was a, a winning mentality, a steeliness, a resilience, all the things that they didn't have. And if you were to go and cherry-pick you know, a, a, a player, that had all those qualities. I mean, Gerard would have been top of your, top of your list. I mean, looking back now, it seems like a like a no-brainer appointment. Yeah. If you go, yeah. and go and get somebody like that, because you know what he's going to going to bring, you know what he's going to instil in in players. Um, and as you say, he's got that connection with with supporters that comes for that comes for his upbringing and, and, and where he came from. So. I say hindsight is great, but now, you know, looking back, it now looks like a, you know, an inspired appointment by Rangers. Yeah. Um, so moving on, he got the he got the Scottish Football Writers Manager of uh, Manager of the Year award. Um, he got that uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Uh, he got the SPFL Manager of the Year award this morning, and he's on the short list along with. Uh, David Martindale, uh, David Martindale, John McGlynn, and Callum Davidson for the PFE yeah. one, isn't he? That's on Sunday night. So, um, and then the PFA Scotland Player of the Year nominations were also out. So it was the same four as the football writers. Uh, sorry, it was three. Three were the same. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Kent uh, replaced Goldson. Uh, can you understand that? Maybe a toss of the coin between those two. Um, I can understand Kent being a a pick for other players because he's been magnificent this season. And if I mean, I'd imagine every fullback in the league would have voted for Ryan Kent to be 
player of the year, given the fact he's probably tormented him at, at some point in the in the campaign. Um, but I don't know if it'd be a replacement for Goldson. I mean, I'm I was slightly surprised that you no know, fellow professionals wouldn't have appreciated the job that Goldson has done for Rangers and the fact that he's um, he's played every minute of every game. Uh, I think I seen a stat just before we came on air here that he's 20 minutes away uh, on on Saturday from going through the 5,000 minute mark this season, which is just ridiculous for for any player. Um, but for somebody playing at that level, you no know, top of the league, Europa League and stuff. Um, so I, 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 Goldson would always have been on my list. He was my he got my vote for the, the football writers player of the year, but. Yeah, I can understand Kent getting involved, especially in the players' vote, because you no, know, you'd need to be a you know, a blind man could see what, what Ryan Kent's brought to, to Rangers this season. Yeah, because actually that's what I was going to ask you. You touched on it earlier there, but in the last week I've seen Kenny Dalglish go for Tavernier for his player of the year and Brian Loudrop go for Alan McGregor. So, I mean, yeah. there's obviously so many, you could pick, you know, any of a handful of Rangers players, as we have discussed on here. But I was going to say to you, ahead of, you know, the PFA uh, award getting announced on Sunday, that who would players be likely to go for? Because, um, I mean, you said that you can understand Kent being appreciated. I thought maybe somebody like a Davis might might be who a player yeah. would really appreciate, you know, play, a real player's player. Yeah. Listen, there's arguments for all of them. I mean, well, you'll get players that see the value in McGregor in terms of single-handedly winning points, you no know, big big saves. You no, know, you would think most of the keepers in the league would would obviously go for McGregor. As you say, but Davis, you're right, you no, know, at his age, you know, the way he's looked after his body to still be you no know, running games in the league, I think you no know, players will appreciate just how much a consummate professional he is, and you no, know, that might get a vote. Tavernier for his numbers, for goals and assists, for fullback, it's just unheard of. So again, certain players, I mean, I, I watched sports scene in, uh, in midweek, and I think Scott Allen and Richard Foster both went for Tavernier just purely because of those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I've said about Goldson and, and also Kent, I mean, listen, you could make arguments for, for every one of them. Um, and listen, I mean, that's... That's excluding guys like you know, Glenn Kamara and Borna Barisic and that who have mm-hmm. brilliant seasons as well for Rangers. You no know, Morelos um mm-hmm. you know, has had another good season. So you could practically go right through that that team. And I think that I know we've all kind of waxed lyrical about about Rangers and, and what they've done you know, for most of the season, but it's probably now when we're talking about this you know, in terms of best player in the league. No, every shortlist that's came out has just been four, four Rangers players. I mean, I think that really hits home just how how good they've been and how far ahead of everyone else they've been. Yeah, I mean, one man not in the list, but generally was effusive in his praise of uh, performance in midweek was Joe Rebo for filling in at left back. Yeah. How impressed have you been with his progress this season? I think Gerard after it, uh, what did he see as the best left back performance during his reign? Now. I think that was a quote. But I, I'm not saying that he didn't have a great game, but I just wondered, do you think that's part of the kind of psychology of management with Gerard, where he's clever? Because early on, I remember him saying after a European game, he was jealous of Ryan Jack's performance. Yeah. And then knew even about Michael Beale recently, I think he said it would take 15 years to have the same coaching knowledge as Michael Beale. You know, coming from Gerard, 
it would obviously just give them a lift. Do you think that was part of it in, in his description of Aribo after the game, or, or do you think he was just being genuinely honest? No, no, I think you're probably right. Um, I, mean, I don't know Joe Aribo personally. I mean, I've interviewed him, uh, I think, three or four times in the last the last couple of years, but it, it does strike, I might be totally wrong about this, but it strikes me as a guy who maybe does lack a wee bit of confidence at times, mm-hmm. you know, despite yeah. the ability he's got, he's quite quiet, he's quite introverted, I mean, it might, might be different, obviously, behind you know, behind the scenes, but it does strike me, you know, quite shy, maybe he does just need that wee G up at times, you know, and maybe needs to be reminded of, you know, the quality that he's got, and, you know, the the, the ability that he's got because um, that's no question I mean I've said on here many times I think there's so much more to come for Aribo and that, that's no a criticism because he's been good he's been a great signing for them <clears throat> not just because he can do a job like he did the other night filling in at left back um, I think he's brought something different to the to the Rangers team he can play in a number of positions even in, even in midfield whether it's as part of the middle three or or further on, uh, you know, playing out wide and coming in. So, I mean, he, he has given a lot, but I just look at the, you know, I look at his stature, I look at the attributes he's got, I look at the potential in him. I just think there's so much more to come. And I think Gerard recognises that himself and he's just determined to absolutely maximise uh, what Joe Aribo can, can give Rangers. And I think you're right, probably the other night, you know, giving him that wee G up um, is probably part of that, just to keep him, Will keep him believing in himself, and uh, you no, know, to then go and show that out in the out in the pitch. Yeah, one other guy um, made the headlines way back at the start of the week. Obviously, was Glenn Middleton his performance in the Scottish Cup semi final for St John's yep. coming off the bench, obviously on loan. Still got a couple of years left on his deal. What do you think? What do you think of his long term chances? Any chance of him breaking in, or or is he going to come back and then go out? No, I think he's got a chance, Gav. I mean, I think Stephen Gerrard will probably want him back in the summer um, to go in pre-season with Rangers and Gerrard will you know, have a proper look at him. Uh, not just ability-wise, but in terms of his, his mindset, you know, kind of where his head's at, what, what the move to St. Johnson has done for him uh, psychologically. Because I think when he left for St. Johnson, Middleton was probably a bit a bit down. No, he did a couple of loan spells that hadn't really worked out. I think he went to Hibs and, and Bradford. and no, that, That's the thing with loan spells. They are a bit hit and miss. No, you need circumstances to be right. You need it to be the right club, the right manager. You need mm-hmm. to feel comfortable. And right for the off at St. Johnson, you just felt as if no, it would be a good fit for, for Glenn Middleton. No, we know the ability he's got. No, me and you have been watching him for a long time going back to Scotland under 19s under 21s he was you know, really highly rated at Norwich I think it was a coup when Rangers uh, when Rangers got him I think Graham Murray played a big a big part in that and getting him uh, getting him back up the road mm-hmm. and when Gerard he, he, had a, he had a terrific season under Gerard when you think of how young he was you know, to get, get the amount of games that he did you know, to start away he sparked at Moscow in the Europa mm-hmm. League to score yep so there was clearly no there was clearly potential there and Gerard Gerard likes him. Of course I think the last year or before he went to St Johnson it had gone slightly awry. No, I think maybe a couple injuries, a kind of loss of form, the loan moves no working out. Um and you did wonder where his where his career was kinda of going at that point. 
But I like the way I like the way Callum Davison's used him at St Johnson. I think he took his time with him. I think he bedded him in slowly. And even where he's using him, he's using the you know the raw attributes that Middleton's got, and that's obviously his pace and you know he's direct. And a lot of the time, St Johnson have used him. You no, know, kind of playing off the striker uh, where he can get in behind teams and really and really hurt them. And I think that suits his game uh, to a T. I think he was getting, I think in previous loan spells, especially at Hibs, and even with Rangers latterly, he was kind of getting bogged down. He was getting, you no, know, I think he felt as if he had to stick to one position. And I definitely think this move has been has been good for him. And as I said at the start, I expect him to come back in pre-season. I'm not saying. He's going to have a big long-term future at Rangers or he'll be in the Rangers' first team next season. That'll obviously be up to the manager, but I definitely think he's got a chance. He's got a long contract. And I think Gerard will give him an opportunity in the summer to, to go and impress. Well, he could return, of course, with a Scottish Cup winner's medal in his back pocket uh, yeah. if, he, if they can beat Hibs at Hamden in that game. But, of course, he'll be joining a squad with... Um, League Cup winners' medals, uh, sorry, league winners' medals in, in their pockets, and they'll be presented with them tomorrow and the trophy. So, thanks for your time, Scott. And then next week, uh, we'll be back um, to discuss that game against Aberdeen and uh, the celebrations that take place after it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with any your thoughts and things that we discussed today, you can contact Scott on Scott McDermott, Scott McDermott 8. So thanks again for your time, Scott, and I'll see you next week. Cheers, Gav.